Back in my dieting days, I could never understand how some people could just eat two squares of chocolate and then somehow save the rest for later. Honestly, I was envious of those people and I really wanted to be like them because I would just eat the whole chocolate bar. So it wasn't a temptation for later. That's until I realized that mindful eating is actually just a bunch of skills that I could learn and honestly, you can learn too. So now that I've become an elusive two piece of chocolate type of person, I've created this Stop Struggling With Food Guide to help you let go of those impulsive eating habits too. You'll learn things like how come you keep eating even after you're full, why you snack while you're busy making dinner and how to stop emotional eating after a ridiculous or tiring day. It's practical, it's affordable, and it's loaded with 50 of my favorite recipes as well. Check the link in my show notes to get the Stop Struggling With Food Guide. Hello, this is the No Wellness Wankery podcast and you have chosen the correct podcast if you want help to find all the wankery within the wellness world. I am Jenna DePeace and I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Lindy Cohen. Hello, it's Lindy. And um, I feel like you could be listening to any number of podcasts right now, a lot of like, there's a lot of there's a lot a lot of uh, there's a lot of podcasts and I'm grateful that you're listening to us for your walk for your commute or just wanting a chat with friends so today's a goodie and something that's seriously common and I want you to know that it's common is a bit of a question I often get is why can't I stop eating peanut butter why can't I stop eating cereal why can't I stop eating bread um and these are really common it's really common for us to to have these relationships with things like peanut butter I know for myself I used to really have a thing with peanut butter where I couldn't really keep it in the house once I was older. But when I was at home, it certainly was something that was quite forbidden and and bad. My mum used to try and keep quite a healthy household, but peanut butter was still, you know, allowed because, you know, peanut butter is healthy. And so what I would do is I'd take a teaspoon and I'd go and get the peanut butter and I'd have like a teaspoon and then I'd like secretly eat it and then I'd go away and then I'd come back and then like 10, 20 teaspoons later, um, the peanut butter is almost gone again. And here I am in in a very familiar a situation where I can't stop eating the peanut butter. And it's this insane feeling of like you are completely out of control of your own body. Like you know you should be stopping. You know this is not making you feel good, but you physically are like on autopilot and you can't stop. Yeah. And you might even be enjoying the process. Yeah. You know, like, you, you know, like I think sometimes we can look forward to it. Like I'd have to go a hard day. I'd be like, oh, I can't wait till I can go home and I'll have peanut butter and that'll be my reward. Or I'll go and have bowls of cereal was another one for me where I could just have like, well, I'll just have, I'll just have one bowl. And then like, I'll just have like a little bit more and then I'll just have a bit more. And then it would just cascade. And then I'm having the peanut butter as well. Pieces of bread. There's all types of these really common binge foods. And I think as a lot of people kind of going, what are they? Did you have any experiences with any foods and yeah, what I, was it? I feel like similar to you as I always was in like a quote unquote healthy household. So my binge foods were a lot of the time things that people were like, oh, that's fine. doesn't matter that you ate heaps of that because it's healthy. Where it, but it's, all, it's just the thought process around it that wasn't healthy. It's like if you're having, I'd have like a lot of like salada and crackers and with cheese because, like, there'd be always slices of cheese in the fridge, like, but I'm like a lot of that or a lot of popcorn, nuts, mm. um, you know, you know, yogurt, what, toast. A handful of nuts turns into 20. Correct. Like, okay, well. All of these things that are not necessarily bad for you, they're all healthy, normal foods, but when you're eating in excess and then adding shame and guilt and just not – feeling in control. Like I always remember it was like, you feel like I can't be in this house by myself because 
shit will go down. Yeah, and then feeling like you have to replace empty containers or empty wrappers or hide empty wrappers. Hide wrappers, take the rubbish out so people don't see the wrappers. Totally. Um, or forgetting to do that and then getting caught and getting reprimanded for that. That sucks. That sucks. Um, or I've heard stories where I did this as well where you, you sell the chocolates for charity and then you eat all the chocolates and then you have to pay for it, but you can't afford all the charity money to pay for the, cho- the chocolates that you've now consumed. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, so let's break down why this happens. And by the way, um, you might've know already. And in case you don't, I used to be a binge eater. I was compulsively binge eating for over a decade where I um, eventually decided to stop dieting and learned how to stop binge eating. Now I'm a dietitian who specializes in helping people stop binge and emotional eating. I have my program called Keep It Real. If you are binge and emotional eating, if you're going nodding your head to this, being like, yeah, I do these things, then I can help you inside the Keep It Real program. If you go to my website, you'll be able to find Keep It Real program. And if you use the code podcast, you'll be able to get 20% off Keep It Real. Anyway, let's talk about why this is happening. So do you know why it's happening? I think it's happening because these are the foods you don't give yourself permission to eat. Yeah, absolutely. So there's, there's, so there's one kind of situation where people feel quite uncon- uncontrolled around foods like you know, they'll, they'll binge on sweets and lollies, but they'll also binge on carrots and cucumbers and pieces of fruit and yogurt. So that was me. I would binge on, it wasn't even about what it was. It was whatever was around me. Yes. So that kind of binge eating is very typical of someone who's been told to restrict energy. So it's the sense of if, if you're following portion control, if you are kind of interested in calories and, and points, then you're more likely to be that kind of person who's got specific, not who doesn't have specific things, but will just binge eat on everything because what your body actually misses is is food and 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 calories and energy, and that can be found in every food. Yes, so that's that, everywhere. And when you've been told that, I know a lot of diets that I went on was like. These are the free foods and these are the zero point foods and these are the foods you can eat as much as you want of. So then you're like, okay, these foods are safe and then you just like eat in excess. Yeah, so in a way it's kind of encouraging you to have this binge eating relationship with these so-called free foods and and it just like, yeah, of course eating vegetables is healthy, but if you're eating them and you're feeling like, you know, you I, I once ate a whole bag of carrots yeah. and just like that's, that's not healthy for you. A doctor told me that the palms of my – feet and my hands were orange. orange. Carotinemia, which is a very real issue you can have from eating too much beta carotene from things found in orange fruits and vegetables. Um, okay. So that, that is a very explainable reason. The other thing that can happen is when you think certain foods are bad for you or you shouldn't eat them because they're, they, you know, not good for your weight or whatever it is, then you might find that, you know, you're binging on things like peanut butter or cereal. Um, Particularly if you've ever been told that carbohydrates are bad for you, and a majority of us, you know, living in this era, have some kind of underlying feeling like, I should, you know, if I wanted to lose weight, I should just not eat carbohydrates. And that what ends up happening is, you know, you wake up in the morning, like, okay, I'm pretty good in the morning, you know, quote, yeah. quote unquote. Lunchtime, like, I'm also like, you know, you can kind of eat a healthy meal then. And then it all starts unraveling in the afternoon. And I, I just want you to point out that very likely what's happening in the situation is the very foods you're binging on. 
that you feel out of control with are probably carbohydrate-based foods, things like cereal and bread. And it's because you're not fully giving yourself permission to have these during the day as part of your life because you have in the back of your mind a belief system that you're only going to lose weight, you're only going to be healthier if you don't eat these foods. And the irony of all of that is all that ends up doing is you get to the afternoon and you binge uncontrollably for hours probably on the, on, until all the food has disappeared and you start the vicious cycle all over again. I think that is such an interesting point because if you think about it, protein is the only macronutrient that hasn't had a pitchfork chased after it and no one's like, oh, I binged on chicken <laughs> on chicken and steak and yeah. protein shakes. Yeah, yeah, like tuna and brine is just – You're not <laughs> binging on that because you know it's quote-unquote – the right thing to be eating. Yes. I assume there are some people who would be doing that, who kind of in the keto paleo world who would be doing yes, a little that's bit actually of, true. of binging on protein or, or let's say protein shakes or protein protein bars. Those are very easy to binge eat on as well because it's kind of like that idea you mentioned before, but they were free. They're okay. They're allowed. Therefore, once I start eating them, I'm going to yes. have like three of them in one sitting. Okay, right. Yes, that, that makes sense. That does happen as well. But you're totally right. I don't think people are binge eating on pieces of chicken. I think I think there is a real correlation between the foods that you think you're not allowed to eat and the foods you binge eat. And if we want to reduce binge eating, what we need to do is actually reintroduce these binge foods, these trigger foods, whether it's peanut butter or cereal um, bread back into your life. For me, Nutella was always a huge one. Nutella was a big one for me. If we like ever made a cake or something that needed Nutella and you didn't use the whole jar, those leftovers from baking was always a big thing, like the Nutella or yes. the chocolate chips. Choc chips, yes, leftover choc chips. Anything like that. I realise I have like a half thing of choc chips in my house and like I forgot that they were there and I'm like, oh, intuitive eating wins again. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Nutella was a big one for me, kind of like in the same way that you have peanut butter and you can't stop eating peanut butter. What I needed to do to create a healthier relationship with Nutella was to go out of my way to eat it outside of my house because I I was still at the point when sometimes when you're on recover, in recovery, some people, I couldn't keep Nutella in my house. I wasn't yet at that point that I could. And so I would go to a cafe and I'd have like a chocolate croissant, you know, the ones where they go like mm, mm, spreadable kind of yeah. Nutella in it. Or I'd have, you know, you can find chocolate crepes. There's a crepery near me so I can go get Nutella on a crepe or just different ways that I could go and order a piece of toast and some places would have Nutella or you're at a buffet and sometimes they've got Nutella there. So I did, I went out of my way to reintroduce Nutella into my life so that I knew it was always something I could have. Peanut butter as well. I needed to know that peanut butter wasn't something that was off limits to me. And I had to get out of the habit of knowing that, of having it on a teaspoon um, because there's something that's different about plating it up. There's something about me going, okay, I can have it on a slice of bread and it can be two slices of bread. It doesn't have to just be, you know, one by one. But making a meal and know you're going to sit down and enjoy it and not just eating it out of the cupboard. Yes. I have posted things on Instagram before where I've had like a bowl of porridge with seeds and nuts and I've had like a scoop of peanut butter on them. And the number of people to write comments being like, oh my God, that is so much peanut butter. And I'm just like writing little shaming comments. Yeah. And I'm like, I have a very healthy relationship with peanut butter. You know what I never do? I never go into the pantry anymore and scoop peanut butter out because when I eat peanut butter, I'm not just going, oh, the measly portion size that I'm allowed is how much I'm allowed. I'm eating it to satisfaction. I'm eating it so it feels like a part of my life. And as a result, I eat so much less peanut butter. So yes. all the shamey people on Instagram can go get, you know. <laughs> you know. And unfollow any of 
of those social media accounts that you see that have like, they'll have an image with like two bits of bread, one with more peanut butter and one with less peanut butter and they'll have like the calorie difference. They're so hard not to follow. They're so hard, but they're so They're shit. awful. They're awful. My diet brain is like, I should be listening to this. This is what I need to be doing. And it's interesting but you have to unsubscribe. You have to not be checking that stuff because what that is kind of creating is this undercurrent of this accidental portion controlling. Okay. Yeah. So this is a very big one, accidental portion control. This is when you say to yourself, all right, I'm only allowed one more handful. I'm only allowed to have this scoop of peanut butter. I'm only allowed to have one slice of toast. All this does is encourages you to continue to binge eat. And when you think, well, this is my allotted amount of peanut butter you're kind of setting yourself up to have that like scooping peanut butter out of the jar situation. When we're kind of going, I'm going to eat the amount of peanut butter that I need to feel satisfied. That is when we change our relationship with something like peanut butter, my bowl of cereal. Okay. I don't, I remember going to dietitian when I was young and she'd be like, this is the portion size of acceptable cereal, which is like, it's tiny. It's tiny. If you weigh out what they say on the back of the box. 45 grams is what they say, or 40 grams. 40 grams is nothing. It's nothing. And by the way, you know why cereal companies do this. We did an episode on this, how, how kind of industry kind of make things, the health halo and how that's done. The reason they are saying 40 grams is a serving size is because it makes the nutrition panel look better than, an, you know, it makes yeah. it look good. They're ticking boxes. They can make health claims. It's not about 40 grams is going to satisfy you. 40 grams is going to be enough to get you through to lunch. No, rubbish. That's not how much you need. So for me nowadays, instead of going, well, I'm getting a measuring cup out or weighing out my food, which is depressing. Terrible. I get my bowl. I scoop up. I ask myself, how hungry am I? Some mornings I'm pretty hungry. I need a big bowl of cereal. So I have a big bowl of cereal and then I'm done. I'm not to the point where I we used to be where I'm like, I have a little measly cereal. Now I'll just have a bit more. I'll just have a bit more. And that ends up, I end up eating twice as much as if I had just said, I'm going to eat as much as I need to feel satisfied. Exactly. And I think a lot of foods, like say some a food that I would have a problem would be is like bread with butter. Mm. Like I always, I told myself for so many years, I didn't like butter. Oh, because I just wanted to like, it's easier. Like, that I don't sounds like dodgy PR to me. Yeah. I don't like butter. I do like butter. And it would be like, sometimes if I, when I was coming out of it and trying new things, like if I went to a cafe for breakfast, you can just order what you feel like. I was always thinking, what's the meal with like protein and healthy fats and the perfect little balanced meal every time I order. Whereas sometimes I would just order, I want a coffee and I want some toast with butter on it. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to attach that with shame. Mm -hmm. Cause then now I know that's a perfectly acceptable food to be eating. And I don't need to then go and eat plain toast with butter when I get home by myself. Yes. So we've, so often what ends up happening in, with dieters, binge eaters, what we do is when we're at home by ourselves, we binge on all the foods that we think we're not allowed. And when we're in public, we eat perfectly, you know, like that's how I should be eating. And what I want is for that to be flipped. When you're out in public, that's when I want you to know that that's the time. We're out at a party. That's the time to be having the delicious food. You're at a cafe, order the thing you really want. And so we flip it around. So we're not creating this like secretive eating thing that's happening anymore. How, what would you say to someone if they feel like that's a really scary thing to do, that they're going to get judgment from people that they feel like everyone's watching them and judging them and their body mm. for making those food choices. Yeah. It's incredibly hard to eat intuitively when you feel like you're being judged. Um, I think there's a point where you come to accept that it's either their discomfort or it's my discomfort and you've been 
prioritizing. You've been trying to prevent them from feeling uncomfortable for your whole life. And now you're deeply uncomfortable with yourself and your body. And that's just not worth that sacrifice. They have this perception that their judgment is helping you eat healthier. It's not, it's It's creating binge eating. It's, is turbulent. So, um, something I talk about in the keep it real program, um, which is to help you stop binge and emotional eating is I talk about speaking to the people in your life so that they're not making these comments because as long as we have this environment where we feel we're being judged around food, it makes it really hard for us to eat intuitively. But also you can also just know in your heart and going, this is what's healthy for me right now. This yeah. is what I need. You think about binge eating, it's it's either disordered eating or it's an eating disorder. Okay. And if you can kind of accept that this is big stuff we're working on, this deserves you prioritizing and this, this you're not going to eat like everyone else eats and healthy eating advice for everyone else is not applicable for you. You need to do what is healthy for you right now. And if that means having Nutella on toast at a cafe and just eating it and dealing with other people's judgments, you just know in your heart, you're like, this is what I need to be eating right now so that I can have a healthier, better relationship with food and be healthier in the long term. Then that's what's what needs to happen. Um, and just dieting just isn't, isn't an option anymore. So you just, no, you we've just, done that. Um, I think what's really important as well is when, when we're labeling food as good or bad, um, I have a lot of people who are like, okay, I started the day and I was really good and I ate a good breakfast, which basically is code for like, I ate a low calorie, like ticks all the nutritional boxes. I think, you know, looking back at that example you shared about having toast and butter What's really important is that you're stepping away from that meal and not thinking to yourself, well, bread and butter is unhealthy. I've ruined it for the day. And thinking that you're somehow deviating from what you should be eating. But basically a healthy, intuitive eater is the kind of person who knows that they can have that for breakfast and that's not a big deal and they can just move on with their life. As soon as you're demonizing those foods and thinking that's a bad breakfast, now you get into the thinking, well, I've ruined it already. I may as well eat whatever I want. You haven't ruined anything. There's nothing to ruin. You're not, nothing to ruin. You're eating as you need to be eating. So there's that part of the challenge is getting over the hurdle that if you're incorporating these trigger foods into your life to re-normalize them, that you're ruining it, you're not ruining it, you're doing exactly what you need to be doing, that this is what healthy eating looks like for you right now and that there needs to be this underlying belief and this is this. Anytime I want to eat more of this food, I can. So if I'm eating the peanut butter on toast and I feel like I need to have another piece of toast, I'm allowed to. We're not sitting down with a peanut butter trying to normalize it going, this is, I'm just going to have this one piece of toast, I'm only allowed this. No, you have to sit down to that meal being like, this isn't, this is about eating as much as I need to. And you have to truly trust that if in an hour from now, I want more peanut butter on toast, I can have it. Or if I want it tomorrow, if I want it for every single meal, I can do that. And you think I'm just going to lose control. I won't be able to stop eating peanut butter. The absolute opposite happens. You will gain so much more control. So much more control. As long as we keep telling ourselves, I can only have this amount, that's when we're out of control. When we do the opposite and say, you can eat as much as you want, you're going to be surprised to learn Yeah, your body doesn't want to just binge eat bowls of cereal and whole things of peanut butter anymore. And it's amazing. It's amazing. (laughs) You can stop doing that. (laughs) Um, If any of this resonated with you, I would love to be able to help you with your binge and emotional eating inside my Keep It Real program. It's been happening for years. I've gotten to the point now where I've helped thousands of people stop binge and emotional eating. It's a big deal to me because I used to be a binge eater. I want to be able to help you too. If you use the code podcast when you go to my website to check out Keep It Real, you you can get 20% off. And also there's a 30 day money back guarantee. I feel like what's really important about that is I know you've been burnt by many diets. I know you've been 
you you don't want to just throw money at yet another failed approach. And I don't want that to be this for you. I like truly want you to, to get results. And if you don't, if you said to me, like, I'm not feeling it after 30 days, I'm like, sure, cool, great money back. Like no questions asked. Um, so it's kind of like, what do you have to lose? Yeah. Anyway, guys. And so much one-on-one support. Like you can literally type in questions and Lindy will answer them for you. Yeah, like I want I want good things for you. <laughs> um, I hope you found today's episode useful. Um, I really enjoyed talking about it. So thanks for joining us. If you do have any questions you'd like us to answer on the podcast, please hit me up at nude underscore nutritionist on Instagram. Send me a DM. Um, ask me a question or better yet, leave me a voice message asking me your question. We'd love to hear from you. And the other thing we'd really love is a review. If you hate this podcast, please do not please do not leave a review. No, go leave us a nice review if you can. Anywhere you get your podcast from, we'd be ever so grateful. Hey, I've got a question for you. Does binge eating feel like your dirty secret? And are you sick of trying to be good, but falling off the bandwagon and losing control around food? If so, I can help. Binge Free Academy teaches you how to beat binge eating and feel in control around food giving you doable evidence-based strategies. You'll get lifetime access to 30 practical step-by-step video lessons, 12 group coaching calls with me, and become part of my Binge Free Academy community for life. As a recovered binge eater, I get it. I know there's no quick fix or one-stop shop for binge eating. And so that's why I want to give you the ongoing support and care you need and deserve. And I'm so confident it will help you that I'm offering you a 30-day money-back guarantee. So no risk, all reward. You can take control over your food and your life. And I think it's the best investment you'll ever make towards reclaiming your life, your health, and your happiness. To learn more about Binge Free Academy, you can click the link in the show notes or go to lindycohen.com slash binge-free-academy.